You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. You, you feel this this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank call. Prank call. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to Packernet After Dark. This is the call-in show with the Packernet Podcast Network. If you'd like to call in, if you'd like to participate in the show, please feel free to do so. The phone number here is 608-501-0718. New callers go directly to the front of the line. We don't have any new callers, so let's just see what Nico has to say. Hey, Ryan. This is uh, Nico. So, kind of just thinking. was driving around today doing some errands this morning um at what point and i don't know if we're there yet because i know how you know fast the narrative can change and i don't do the twitters and the stuff so I, maybe it's changing already but you know there's been a lot of anti lafleur sentiment at what point are they going to give them a little credit for taking this clear young team and getting them to gel and play like they're playing um, like say, if, if it's happened already, I don't know because I don't do the Twitter stuff. Um, because obviously, if they, I mean, especially if they beat the Chiefs, it's a no-brainer. He's got to get some credit because you know that's he knows that's why he never got credit the first three years he was a coach because everybody just said, well, first they said he wouldn't be able to wrangle in Rogers, and then when he did, they said it was just all Rogers. So I mean, I give him credit for at least having Rogers somewhat fit his scheme. And I get it. You got a guy like Rogers. You don't want to change his entire way he plays because, yes, he's good, and if he's changing how he plays, there's a reason. But um, uh, yeah, obviously, I, I think we beat the Chiefs. That narrative, I think, should be talked about. And clearly, if we, if we make the playoffs, it should be a slam dunk. My other thing is Clayton and what uh, say Tim mentioned today. You know, what if we actually catch the Lions? Um. You know, that's one thing I feel blessed as being a Packers fan is that until you're out, you never really feel like you're out. I do remember um, there was a time when, and I don't remember how many years ago, I can't verify. I don't even have a computer. I don't have my phone. But um, I remember there was a time when the Vikings were four games ahead of the Packers, and there was four games left, and obviously one game was with the Vikings. And the Packers, um, and you know, if you're if you're four games behind a team, there's no way you're gonna catch them with four games left. And we did, and beat them. I believe it was the last game of the year, and made it to the playoffs. You know, won the division. So I'm not even saying that's out of the question because uh, clearly the Lions are slipping a little. Uh, it's sure better to have momentum the second half of the season as it is in the first half because that's when teams start figuring stuff out. People start figuring out your scheme, how to beat you. So uh, here's to Matt LaFleur getting a little respect. And uh, wouldn't it just be awesome if we caught the Lions and won the division? Anyways, I'm going to leave that one settle right there. Go Pack Go and uh, bada bing, bada boom. Yeah, I mean, that's that's going to be tough. Um, I'm looking at it right now. You know, if, if we win out, we're at 10-6. and six. We would have to be probably, depending on which games are won and lost or whatever, but I, I just went through a little simulator here, and it still had the Lions ahead of us if we get to 10-6. and six. Now, technically, we could call that still getting caught up, but I'm guessing you mean um, get ahead of them. And that's with them losing to, uh, let's see, who did I have them losing to? The Broncos. Um the Vikings, the Cowboys. So, I mean, basically everybody. So it's like we would have to win out. They'd basically have to lose out. The, uh, I mean, I, I guess if they lose to the Vikings again a second time, we would be 11-6. and six, They'd be 10-7. and seven. Missed that last game there. Funny thing is, though, if we end up with similar records or whatever, let's say we both end up at 11-6. and six. Packers would be the sixth seed, the Lions would be the three seed, we'd be playing each other. If we pass them, we're eleven and six and they end up going ten and seven. We're the three seed, they're the sixth seed, we end up playing them. So 
in either situation, I mean, obviously one team wins the NFC North and one team does not, but either way, we end up seeing them in the playoffs. And again, ideally it would be we win the North and they have to come to Lambeau, but I don't know. I think I think it's a little bit of a long shot. They they do have a couple tough games, but I don't see us necessarily winning out, and I don't see the Lions losing more games than they win. But you know, we'll take it a week at a time. The Packers are ascending. The Lions seem to be slipping a little bit. We'll see how this week goes. You know, again, if we beat the Chiefs, then it's kind of all bets are off at that point. People better be hoping we don't get into the playoffs. Yo, Ryan, it's Uncle Rico. What up? Hello, Packer fans. Hey, dude, all aboard. I'm running way behind on my podcast listening. You're good. But you just said all aboard if we beat the Lions, which was a couple days ago because it's Monday, but all freaking aboard, dude. Anyway, and now I just listened to another one. You're talking about Packers being mediocre, you know, like not now, but historically and getting a quarterback and blah, 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 blah. And, uh, um, yeah, we have always been that team. The whole Aaron Rodgers era, except for the time we won the Super Bowl, we can win a playoff game to save our rears, hardly. Get into the playoffs, you know, have a kind of not dominant record, get into the playoffs and lose. So I don't see how we're any different. Ever really? I mean, I'm I'm happy with our team, but I'm saying Aaron Rodgers, he wasn't all that. He he, uh, and the people that go on for years and years about oh, where Brett Favre this, Brett Favre that, Aaron Rodgers this, Aaron Rodgers that. How many Super Bowls did they win? You know, I'm I'm just as happy with Jordan Love as Brett Favre or Aaron Rodgers because they didn't win Super Bowls and. If, uh, you know, you know what I'm saying. I don't know what I'm saying, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Love you, man. Rico out. Yeah, and look, I, I mean, we had some great times with with um, Brett and Aaron, no doubt. Um, it's tough winning a Super Bowl, you know. It's tough to get over that hump and beat all the other top teams in the NFL to to win a Super Bowl and obviously there were times and it wasn't Brett's fault and it wasn't Rogers fault sometimes it was in at least in part but um yeah I mean it's just it's another it's another uh we'll we'll see what Jordan is you know before we kind of I mean I, I know the whole thing started with all aboard or whatever but let's just assume he is the quarterback of the future it's it's just another attempt at uh trying to run this whole dynasty thing which is tough. I mean, it's one thing to be a good team for an extended period of time. It's another thing to be a good team that actually wins a bunch of Super Bowls, you know, the Chiefs and the Patriots and whatnot, which is extremely rare. And I think the Chiefs and Patriots are kind of giving somewhat unfair expectations because these things almost never happen. But uh, I feel like I yawn 24-7 on these podcasts now. I don't know what my problem is. I apologize. But, you know, again, every team has a different DNA, and we need we need a team at some point that, isn't just dominant in the regular season. And obviously that's, it's, well, you know, again, the postseason is where all the good teams are. But it, I think it just takes a different kind of team that can rise to that level of, of intensity. And the Packers generally seem to kind of lack that. And I think, you know, you could probably look at the lack of defense, not just as a general explanation, but, you know, in terms of overall toughness and, and postseason type play, you know, it's it's no coincidence that two of the best defenses the Packers have had in my lifetime, is the two years we won the Super Bowl. And so, you know, again, we'll see what kind of a quarterback we have. We'll see what kind of a, a culture we have. And and it was great to see the way, again, not just that they beat the Lions, but the way they beat the Lions. Worked on a uh, laughing at the Lions thing for tomorrow, a clip that didn't make it, but a guy was kind of going through watching the game. And one of the clips I saw I forgot about was that two-point try for Detroit that they did convert. But it actually looked like it was a fumble, but he crossed over first. But he got hit so freaking hard. I don't know who did it. I don't remember, but it's one of those things. That it just it sounded like a freaking thunderclap. And that ball went it went flying, and it's like, dude, is he is he dead? Oh, my goodness. I mean, it's just, it was a violent football game. It's like, I mean, if, if you put me in that spot and said, okay, you go ahead and cross the goal line, and we're going to win this game. In fact, we're going to win the Super Bowl. But you're going to get hit by this guy that hard. 
It's like, well, I guess we came in second place. That's pretty good, boys. Because <laughs> I'm not doing that. So we'll see. You know, there's there's a lot of learning and discovering to do. You know, I don't know if this is going to be the quarterback, the coach, the defensive coordinator, the GM. I don't know what the the shape and form of the next great Packers team is going to be, but I, I just I'm glad to see that a team is is materializing already again. Like, you know, generally you would expect to be bad at some point, and it's like, oh yeah, we're bad for like a year, and then we bounce back. Like that's it's not real. That's not how things work. <laughs> but um, don't want to get too excited yet. Let's see what happens against the Chiefs as we slowly start to learn a little bit more about this new Green Bay Packers team. I kind of remember what I was trying to say. So, like, over the years with Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, everybody was always like, oh, we got to win a Super Bowl before they leave, before they retire, both of them, you know, through their whole career. When Favre is gone, the team's going to be garbage. And when Rodgers is gone, the team's going to be garbage. We got to win a Super Bowl before they go. But it appears to me that the quarterback, although everybody knows they're a major part of the equation, wasn't really a major part of the equation, right? You know what I'm saying? Because, well, Farr was in Green Bay and while Rodgers was in Green Bay, how many how many other quarterbacks went to Super Bowls and won Super Bowls that weren't Farr or Rodgers? So, you know, you know what I'm saying? That's what I'm saying. I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it's it is a team effort, but you know, I mean, you look at the you look at a lot of teams, and it's like you you can do a lot with a quarterback. That's the most important piece. But yeah, there there is just there, there's a combination of things that need to to take place. Like different teams have different identities that are you know the Chiefs are not the same as. Uh, the Patriots. They're very different teams, but they're very good teams that win very consistently. And those teams are different than how the Packers looked, although similar to the the Chiefs, I guess. But you got to have some kind of a winning combination, whether that's a really strong defense and a good enough offense like the Jets are trying to build, or just like an elite quarterback and play caller like the Chiefs have with a you know defensive coordinator that can kind of just stitch whatever together and make it work but the first step is quarterback coach gm i like our gm i like our coach i'm i'm warming up to the quarterback and that's that's the most important trio in this whole situation if you have that you're good because the gm is going to find the players and the coach is going to coach the players and you're going to build around that quarterback and you're going to win super bowl i don't know but you're going to win but i don't know that there's just this it's almost like another gear that you got to find if you're going to get over that hump. But we still got a ways to go for that. We got to, you know, we got to continue winning, see if we can even get in the playoffs this year, and then see if we can continue some of that success, find some more players next year, and kind of see how this goes. Of course, I don't want to rule out a Super Bowl this year. I mean, you get in the playoffs, anything can happen. I'm just saying. How crazy would that be if we stole a Super Bowl? You know, we're talking about like, the, well, tomorrow I'll talk about, but the Lions are a team, in my opinion, that's just kind of, taking advantage of a bad NFL right now. Teams are just kind of floundering. You know, there's no Rodgers, Brady, Eli, Peyton, Breeze. Like, oh, just all these dominant quarterbacks. There's, there's really not. Even Mahomes is not playing really well. Josh Allen's not playing really well. You got, like, Dak Prescott and C.J. Stroud are, like, the two best quarterbacks. And Brock freaking Purdy. Like, a rookie, a seventh rounder, and uh, Dak, who's, you know, like a top 13 quarterback every year. Those are, like, your top guys right now be freaking hilarious if the Packers took advantage of that and won a Super Bowl. I mean, hilarious would be one way to describe it. But uh, yeah, you get the Packers beat the Lions and go to toe-to-toe with the Eagles. Be a tough one. Obviously, that in the 49ers would be tough. And then, of course, you'd have probably, what, Baltimore or Miami or Kansas City, I guess, in the Super Bowl. There'd be three tough games you'd have to win. That first one, a bunch of bums. Hey, Ryan. Trevor in Virginia. Hey. Um, Monday. Still pumped about the win. Um, Wearing my Jordan Love jersey to work today. Um, But, yeah, I have a few things. Um, You're talking about the running backs right now and going over the SIS data, which is not good for our running back room as a whole. Um, And 
I know, I know the metrics and I know all that. And like, you don't, it's never good to draft a running back early, but it's just, it's hard to watch Gibbs and, uh, Dijon and not, not kind of want that on your team still, even though it might not always make logical sense. But, um, I just wonder, you know, with us having two second round picks next year, if, if the receivers keep playing the way they are, where it, it seems, you know, we have a good core of guys, we have a good core of tight ends, it seems to be now. If Kraft can keep coming on too, um, and then Sims getting involved, is there any chance we use one of our second round picks on a running back next year? I mean, it, I just, I just wonder how this, if, if they continue to progress how they have, and Jordan Love is the guy, and we, we, we can learn that this year, and the receivers are just still growing. I, I don't see where it'd be a bad thing to take a running back in the second round, especially with us having two second round picks next year. I, I guess that's a blanket statement, which I know isn't the best because like, who are the running backs? Who are we getting? I, I, I don't do the draft enough to know that, but I guess my point is if there's a guy there that the Packers really like, um, do, do, do you see us ever taking one? I mean, it doesn't seem to be our style and obviously you can hit on him later. Like, um, AJ Dillon was second round and he is, much less valuable than Aaron Jones has been as a fourth round. And I'd even argue Jamal Williams was better than A.J. Dillon. Um, and he was fourth round also, so I believe. Um, fourth or fifth, I know. But um, anyway, um, I don't know. Just kind of like to see the Packers have a good running back for once. Um, and then I had a couple more things. Oh, new shirt idea for you. Um, you need to find the meat. That's before we get there. Um Absolutely on the running back in the second round, um, largely because, I mean, the, the Packers seem to be very, very interested in finding talent at running back. That seems to be a big thing for them. Um, I think the bigger question really is, though, what, what options are there? Uh, not to slander any of these fantastic upcoming running backs, but as of right now, NFL Mock Draft Database has... Um, Travion Henderson as the top running back at 63. So we're talking very late second round, possibly third round is is the earliest for running backs. So, um, you know, are there any second round guys that are worth taking? I guess would be the question. I'm sure many people would would say that there is, but that 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 to me is sort of the biggest question, which isn't terrible because I really like a good amount of these guys without having dug a ton into it. So it's like if 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 these guys are third, fourth, fifth, I mean, third, my goodness, please no. But um, maybe, and maybe the third round curse is is broken. We got Tucker Craft on a roll. People are real excited about Sean Ryan. Maybe that's going to be a thing, but it feels like running back might not be. I, I thought this with offensive line, and we'll see about Sean Ryan. I don't know. But I was like, we don't miss on offensive linemen in the mid-rounds. That'd be a safe one to go. And then Sean Ryan looked kind of like, this might be a disaster. I don't know. Um, But running back? Like, I mean, you know, even if you get a guy like A.J. Dillon, that's not a bust. It might not be ideal, but it's not like he can't get on the field type of thing. I feel like that might be the way to go. I mean, are there really any running backs that have Maybe some undrafted free agents or something, but it's like you can't get on the field. Even even our undrafted free agents, when we need them, and they go out there, and it's like that's eh, about as good as the guys that we got. Seriously, whenever we put somebody in and they run, it's like that's eh, about as good as I would have expected from AJ Dillon. I don't I don't think it'd be that big of a difference. Third round running back. I'm just saying, skip Blake Corum, man. It would be fun. They'll never do it, but I just think he's a fun guy to watch. Anyways, t-shirt idea. In this nastiest picture of Rashawn Gary you can put it on a shirt with stop playing with him. Yeah, and that I'd buy that shirt. So um, let, let me know if you want to make that shirt on your website. Uh, and then I really hope you do some. It doesn't have to be necessarily laughing at the enemy. You don't really want to laugh at people on Thanksgiving, you know, from their Thanksgiving sorrow. But I'd like to hear some of the Lions content after that Thanksgiving Day loss um, to see what they're saying. Um, so anyway, go back, go. Well, you're in luck because tomorrow is laughing at the Lions Day. It's not as juicy as as I guess I was hoping it would be. Um, unfortunately, the Lions content creators, from what I can tell, are pretty decent people, and uh, they're very nice and very polite. And it's just hard to kind of find that, um, you know, the pregame like 
F the Packers, we're going to be dominant. Da, 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 da. It's just like that doesn't exist. So I did my best to kind of stitch some stuff together. We did pre and post game. I was going to throw in one more thing. Like I mentioned, the guy who went kind of play by play, but it was getting kind of late and I needed to hurry up and get this one started. So hopefully it still scratches that itch for you. I had a few people requesting it, so I went ahead and did it. And as far as the t-shirt, I don't think I can put Rashawn Gary on a shirt, but just stop playing with him would be a pretty good t-shirt. Anyways, why don't we take our first break? Uh, We'll come back and hear from Trucker Bob. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Hey, Ryan. Hey. We can now officially say Merry Christmas. Hey, um, I can say that now instead of Happy Thanksgiving. Anyways, we were in North Carolina, my daughter's place. I did get a report in on the Chargers date, so I combined the char- Chargers and Detroit Lions games. Uh, penalty statistics for you. All right. But before that, we went on a corn maze in which um, you walked into this cornfield and you walked around on the path to try to get yourself back out. It was kind of fun. Um, it took us about a half an hour, but it was a small one and it was fun to do. So if you ever get a chance to do a corn maze, I'd recommend doing it. All right. Anyways, we see again some major improvements in the Packer offense in the Chargers and Detroit game as I put these two together. Um, What we are seeing is that the offense is finally getting some first downs after penalties. We even got a TD and a field goal in, uh, in those two games. So here's my summary. Um, in those two games, we had uh, six drives with penalties. Three of them, we overcame the penalties with first downs. That's a major improvement. They weren't doing that earlier in the season. They got a penalty. That was a drive killer. So three times of those six, we did get first downs. And we got a TV after one and an attempted missed field goal. Of the 13 drives in the two games, they had no penalties. They got seven scores and one missed field goal. So that's really good. Now, I like to say about those two missed field goals we had, and everybody's ripping them online, uh, but one was 63 yards and one was 52 yards. 
you know, those guys are going to miss those once in a while. So I, I have no ill feeling about those. Anyways, for the year, we've had 110 drives, 63 with no penalties, 32 scores for 51%. Uh, the ones with penalties, which are 47 drives, we've had eight scores and 17%. So I'd like to say the good news is, finally, when we have a penalty, they're overcoming some of them with first downs, and we have scored in the last two games or attempted to score off the drives we've had penalties on. Bye. Well, Trucker Bob, I appreciate you tracking that for us. Um, it does sound like things are getting a little bit better for the, the Packers in terms of, first of all, minimizing the amount of penalties and whatnot, but also just maximizing opportunities. Um, well, I guess maximizing the opportunities when you have a penalty-free drive as well as overcoming the negative effects of, I mean, it's just it's just positive all around, which again is sort of what we're just seeing, just a better football team. So it all checks out, I guess. Hey, Ryan. Trucker Bob again. Hey. Thought I'd call back with an interesting question. It seemed like the defense this last game changed its spots or changed colors. It got a lot more aggressive than they have been in the past. I would like to ask this question. Was it because where Sean Gary was back and back to form and his juice affected the whole team? Because the whole team got aggressive? Or did Barry realize that our defensive backs could get exposed because they're all rookies or newbies and haven't worked together or played very much, and he needed to get aggressive to prevent them from being exposed? I thought it was an interesting question, and I thought I'd ask you and see what your opinion was. Anyways, Trucker Bob is picked up here in Atlanta. And we are going cross-country all the way out to Seattle over the next several days. Catch you later. Bye-bye. Sounds good. Well, the first thing my mind immediately goes to is trying to find if I can find a stat somewhere that shows sort of the blitz rate. I'm sure somebody has it. PFF really doesn't. Um, And I know SIS is more, both of them are more individual player stats as opposed to team stats. But yeah, obviously, I, I really don't know the answer. I mean, I, I don't know that we are being more aggressive or if it's just maybe perception because the, the pass rush was getting home, particularly Rashawn Gary and Kenny Clark kind of stepping up. Let me look at one thing here real quick. So I'm just curious about pass rush in terms of bringing extra guys. Um, and I, for example, there, there's no corners we had McDuffie come on one rush and Quay on seven. Otherwise, it was all guys along the defensive line. Doesn't bring doesn't mean we're not bringing extra guys. It's just we're not bringing, for example, linebackers and corners and safeties and stuff, which is kind of what I was looking for. But as far as reasons why we would be more aggressive, I mean, I, 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 I it's just it would just be pure speculation, I guess. I, I don't really know. I mean, my immediate thought would be that you would want to protect the guys on the back end and probably drop more into coverage. But of course, you could counter that by just saying, you know, the best way to help your corners is to get pass rush. So look, I, I don't, I don't, it's speculation on top of speculation in terms of is that even happening and then why would it be happening? But I think the results are positive. And if there was a change made to make the defense more aggressive and that has resulted in what we saw, for example, against the Lions, which is a pretty good performance, in my opinion then I hope they keep it up, I guess. Wish I could give you a little more on that, but again, I, I don't, uh, I, I, I couldn't even begin to speculate on what that could possibly be caused by. What's up, Ryan? What's it's up? It's Aaron from Eau Claire. Um, what a great couple of weeks of football. Well, actually, all, all that was in one week, four days apart from each other. What a great week of football that was last week. Hey, dude. Um, for us as Green Bay fans, uh, what a satisfying couple of wins. Uh, I feel like that was pretty much all we could ever want out of the last couple of games, and I'm feeling really good about it. Um, it kind of reminds me of a, of a YouTube video I stumbled across uh, years ago that I thought was really funny. It was this guy speedrunning one of the Pokemon games on Game Boy. 
I don't know if you ever played Pokemon, but uh, anyways, so he's doing the speed run of I think it was like Pokemon Red or, or Blue or one of those really like first generation Pokemon games. Um, anyways, at the very end, he uh, he gets done. He beats his record. He beats his previous record of how fast he beat the game, and he goes. He he starts uh, he starts weeping a little bit in joy, which I thought was hilarious. And he goes, "It's, it's not just that I won. It's it's that I played so solidly." Yeah. And I just thought that was the funniest thing. But I feel like that's exactly what these last couple games felt like for the Packers. It's not just that we won. It's that we the team played so solidly. That yeah. Jordan Love played so solidly. The receivers uh, really played well, and the chemistry between those players are starting to uh, come together. So I think that's really exciting. Um, I think for the rest of the season, you know, we can kind of just relax, sit back, enjoy, see what's going on, um, and uh, yeah, I mean. What a what a crazy swing from being completely down in the dumps after a, a losing streak where nothing seemed to work, um, and now you know we're we're we've been uplifted by the by the recent events. So, anyways, just thought I'd call in. No, it's not just that we won; that we played so solid. Yeah, and I think that's been echoed by a lot of people as far as it's not just that we won, it's how we won. There was um, passion just throughout the whole game in all three phases. It was was a team that really wanted to win and that fought and scrapped as opposed to sometimes it just looks like they're sleepwalking a little bit. Like, what are you doing, dude? Do you even care? That was one of the better games I've seen from a Green Bay Packers team. You know, we've seen wins, so it's not like we never win and we won. It's like, oh, that was the greatest. Like, no, you just... You just that's what winning looks like. No idea what that staticky sound is. What the heck is going on? It's my phone <laughs> interference on the microphone. Alright, hopefully the static is fixed. Let me check here. Yeah, I'm sounding good. I'm sounding real good. Alright, what are we doing here? What are we doing here? Um yes, I, I definitely agree. It's like um it's not that we won, it's how we won. Hey Ryan. Hey Ryan again, just one more thought. I was listening to uh, Clayton uh, and Tim give their injury report for the Kansas City Chiefs, and uh, it just got me thinking, is it just me, or do people sometimes have kind of a unfair narrative when it comes to injuries and how it affects things in the Green Bay Packers? I don't know if it's just me being a Packers fan and being biased, and maybe everyone feels this way. Maybe it's similar to how, you know, everyone always feels like the refs were against them the whole time. But, like, everyone's always like, oh, you know, the Lions beat the Chiefs week one, but, you know, they didn't have Travis Kelsey. Uh, so it doesn't count or whatever. It doesn't right, have right, the right, same right, right. I uh, impact. Uh, the Packers have, like, 12 players out every week. Right. Yet nobody's given them a nobody's given Yeah, I mean, people are starting to notice the Packers like, "Oh, they're 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 doing things and they actually beat a really good team in Detroit." It's like, "Dude, they beat a really good team in Detroit with their entire roster obliterated." I mean, the offense is is fairly well intact, I suppose, but the defense is doing what they're doing with some serious in, I mean, all of our linebackers have been in and out. Rashawn Gary has been out. Um, our DBs are non-existent this in, this season. <laughs> we don't have any of our DBs aside from Keyshawn Nixon right now. I'm the benefit of the doubt going. Well, you know, Atlanta beat the Packers, but they were out David Bakhtiari and Aaron Jones and whatever. I can't remember who was out that week, but as an example. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it's, it's like... Uh, David Bakhtiari, I mean, that's a big-time player for us. Right. We haven't, right. That's like if Travis Kelsey missed the whole year. Right, exactly. And 
yet nobody's sitting there going, well, you know, the Packers without David Bakhtiari, you know, it doesn't count as much. It's like, no, they they beat the Packers. They're just going to say, yeah, they're the best. And, and I, you know, I think there are some Packer fans that should, you know, potentially myself included, but especially like the Gutekunst haters where it's like, you know, how are you able to do what you're doing with these this amount of injuries? It's like, oh, well, we picked up the seventh rounder that's filling in for David Bakhtiari and, and keeping us afloat. Like, I'm sorry, what? What about trading away a corner and then having two other corners injured? Oh, well, we got this, uh, what, seventh rounder and an undrafted free agent, and they're doing pretty well, Valentine and Valentine. Huh? What about having two safeties out? Oh, we picked up this guy in free agency, and then we have, you know, another seventh rounder, and they're doing pretty well. What about the linebacker injuries? Oh, McDuffie, dude? He's solid. Who is McDuffie? He's a uh, sixth round guy. Sixth round. You know, it's actually hilarious because it's like, this this Packers defense has nothing but first rounders. They all got injured, and they're being replaced by seventh, sixth, and seventh rounders, and they're playing their best football. (laughs) What is going on? But you're right. Where where are the people saying, dude, no David Bakhtiari, no Jair Alexander, injured Rashawn Gary, no Aaron Jones. And now, you know, I I mentioned the the offense was healthy. Now the tight ends. We lost our, we lost two of our tight ends. So that's super banged up, I guess. I didn't really, and I actually honestly forgot about Bakhtiari. I just kind of put him to the side. But yeah, I mean, I think in, in the case of the Chiefs, it's like, well, you have high expectations, like you expect them to dominate. And then when they lose one of their superstar players and don't dominate, it's like, yeah, well, here's why. Whereas with the Packers, it's it's not like a team that you expect to dominate and doesn't. It's a team that you expect to suck and then they win. And it's like, well, was that a fluke? It might have been a fluke. I don't know. Because they don't. I don't think they necessarily respect any. I mean, David Bakhtiari, yes, but I don't. I don't think that a lot of the other injured players. I don't want to say that they're not notable because they are, but are they on the national media radar? Jair a little bit, and Rashawn a little bit, not as much as I don't think either of them really deserves. But I'm not making excuses for him. I think you're absolutely right. I think proper analysis would um, certainly include that, but. Um, I'm I'm just explaining maybe why they don't notice because it's just they don't care enough about the Packers to really dig into it. I guess. Better team. So I don't know. I just think maybe I'm maybe I'm just biased. Maybe it's just in my head. But it kind of feels like the way people talk about it. It's like they give excuses for for some of these teams when they have an injured player on. Right. They go well. You know, they had an injury that's tough to overcome, blah, blah, blah. Dude, the Packers have, like, 12 injuries every week since week one. And some of them have been, like, major, like, game-changing injuries that have, like, been extremely difficult to overcome. Not to mention, you know, the top cornerback. Our linebackers are always in and out of the lineup with injuries. Um... Uh, I don't know. Running back, you know, Aaron Jones. I don't know. It's, it, it just seems a little bit. <clears throat> sometimes I, I get a little bit salty at how how much people are willing to uh, overlook, uh, dole out grace to some of these other teams, yeah. and it doesn't apply both ways. Well, another potential excuse, I guess, would be that the Packers' main excuse is that they're young. That's kind of the excuse that people are giving them. I mean, to be fair, I haven't heard a ton of like, ha ha, you guys are trash, right? I mean, I, and that that was kind of the narrative coming in by a lot of people is you guys are going to be garbage for a long time. And maybe I'm just not tuned in enough. And maybe that was going on during the rough patch. Like, here we go. Back to the 80s, boys. I think what a lot of it is, is just kind of like, yeah, that's the Packers. They're young. I don't know. We'll see what they are in a couple of years. Anyways, moving on to the Cowboys. You know, they're, they're kind of just cast to the side. Like, finally, we get a break of talking about these Midwestern teams. I don't give a crap. Like, I'm glad they suck. I'm glad I'm over with it. Don't have to talk about it anymore. Obviously, we hate Aaron Rodgers, so we don't want to talk about him anymore. You know, and we just kind of just cast it to the side. I don't think there's a lot of in-depth analysis aside from they're young. We'll see in a couple of years because they don't want to analyze and an- analyze, analyze it any deeper than that. It's like they're young. Well, they're young and they're injured. Like, yeah, right, whatever. I don't care. 
Either way, they're not very good, and we'll see what happens in, in four or five years. Talk to me then. Don't talk to me now. But we're perking back up and getting in people's faces again. And if they start winning, then it's kind of like, all right, now that we're winning, I think it would be fair to acknowledge, not only, holy cow, they're young and they're doing this, but they're also really injured in doing this. The, 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 here's the one thing that I would put as sort of a caveat in terms of the injuries, though. The big story for the Packers is, if they're this good now, how are they going to be in a couple of years? The only injuries that are kind of relevant in that regard are the ones that are going to be here in a couple of years. So, so although it might seem unfair, I don't think David Bakhtiari or Aaron Jones, um, uh, that's all I'm coming up with, really factor into that. Because, you know, we don't really expect them to go on a serious run this year. And then Bakhtiari and Jones, maybe Jones will be back next year. I don't know. We'll see how bad the injury is. But Bakhtiari, I don't think, will be. So, again, the, 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 I think the stronger narrative is, look how young they are. In the overall picture of, you know, what is this team going to be in a couple of years? But, again, I, I think it's our responsibility as, you know, Packers content creators to be the ones that are kind of looking a little deeper than what the national media is because they just, they don't care enough, I don't think. Which is fine. They got 32 teams to cover and they, you know, they spend so much time just flailing around and being ridiculous. They barely get time to cover any of them adequately, much less all of them adequately. Hey, it's Jersey Mike. Uh, so uh, I didn't watch Monday Night Football because both the teams suck. And uh, I woke up and uh, I was confirmed in my statement <laughs> after I watched the highlights. Both teams still very much so suck. Uh, and they did exactly what we wanted them to do. The Vikings lost. Meaning the Vikings are back for the playoffs. Yeah. And the Bears won. Well, they screwed themselves on draft picks. Great. Loving it. Loving it. Oh, and Justin Fields still looks like trash, so that's awesome. Josh Dobbs looks like trash, so that's awesome. Um, you know, so, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm in a pretty good mood. Just, uh, watching two really crappy MC North teams get put back where they belong. It's, uh, that's what happens when the Green Bay Packers get rid of their Hall of Fame QB, go to some Joe Schmo that nobody likes and is so much worse than Justin Fields and, you know, this team is filled with weight. Hold on. Are you telling me that we have the youngest roster in the NFL and we're still not as bad as the Bears <laughs> or the Vikings? <laughs> oh, oh, man. man. <laughs> uh, looking at the comment section on YouTube, it, it's just, it's good memes. Man, it, it, last, this, this past week couldn't have gone any better. On to KC, let's go. Go Pack Go. That is actually hilarious. There was so much talk from everybody about, just wait, when Rodgers is gone, you're all screwed. <laughs> you're all going to suck so bad. And we did lose Rodgers. And it was painful. It's hard to not have Aaron. Even bad Aaron Rodgers provides some level of stability to a football team. Right? There's, there's still some level of, like, we know what's going on and, you know, whatever. Um. And we come into this year, and it is a struggle. And as we sit right now, we are better than the Bears. That's not debatable. I think we're better than the Vikings, and you can say that's because they don't have their quarterback. I don't care. We're better than the Vikings this year. And we just beat the Lions. So suck it, suck it. Oh, and suck it. Beat you in your own house, on national television, on Thanksgiving, continuing the streak of you suck on Thanksgiving. And it should be taken from you. I actually think that... It shouldn't be, but I like saying that because it's a real, you know, dagger in the frickin' chest. I mean, keep the tradition, but you I want you to keep it for tradition's sake, but you don't deserve it. I just need you to, to realize that you're basic, basically being given this as charity because the NFL needs tradition. But if, if we didn't care about tradition, we would take it from you in a second because you are the least deserving team ever. You were gifted this day, and even when you're good, you can't win on Thanksgiving. You are an embarrassment to Thanksgiving Day games. Okay? Okay, glad, glad we could clear that up. Dude, if we, if we... I'm not even talking about winning the NFC North, because that will be the Lions. I'm, I'm quite confident in that. But if we end this year as the best team in the NFC North... That is going to be unbelievable. Kind of, you know, again, last year, arguably the Packers are the best team in the NFC North. You could probably give it to the Lions because they did beat us at the end there. 
certainly wasn't the Vikings who had the best record, and everybody knew that. They were the third best team in football, not even close to as good as the Packers or the Lions. Take your record and shove it, because that was a joke. And, and we proved it when you got the crap beat out of you by the Lions and then went on to get the crap beat out of you by the Packers, like destroyed with your stupid record. If we end this season in which the Packers continue playing like they're playing and the Lions continue to slowly slip and the Bears and Vikings continue to just play as though they are the worst teams in all of football and the Packers in the first year without Aaron Rodgers, I I saw a uh, a video. There's a uh, Bears host. He has a YouTube channel. I wish I could remember the name of it. I'd give him some credit, but he had me on a couple times um, and then has not invited me back on, I think because I kept calling Justin Fields trash and um, they actually had a couple guys on there that like their entire mission in being hosts is to um stop people from using bad language toward players so i got like a 45 minute lecture from them about it and i just i just kept calling them trash it's not nice and i should stop because my son's starting to say it but i'm just saying it's just uh i don't like being lectured like i'm a small freaking child anyways um he was uh he does these little round tables he has a vikings lions packer fan on with him and the question was like how would you rank the quarterbacks and question of who's the best quarterback came up and already I mean I, I think he had like Fields as the top quarterback or whatever or maybe it might, might even been love than Fields. I don't know but obviously all the other hosts are like okay well that's stupid put Fields at the end because he sucked but I think the consensus was we'll still give it to Goff but love is is number two which is just just freaking amazing and you could say well Cousins if he was healthy well, yeah that's fine but he's not coming back so it doesn't matter so the Vikings don't have a good quarterback and the only guy ahead of, of Jordan Love right now at this point in time, which already Fields is behind him, which is hilarious, is Jared Goff, who's been playing like crap the last couple of weeks. You give me one more week of solid play from, from Love and one more play of, of like th- a three turnover game from Goff, and guess what? Jordan Love is the best quarterback in the NFC North in his first year as a starter. I've been staying off social media. I'm going to have to get back in there. If we beat the Chiefs, I have an obligation I don't care how miserable it makes me. I have an obligation to get on there and just be insufferable. I don't care if I have to delete my Twitter after that. Just get on there and just go to town. I mean, it's just going to be all day, every day. That's just, that's what it's going to be. But we'll see how it goes. Maybe, maybe Love has a game just like he did last time against the Chiefs, and it's just a disaster. And we just, uh, we just don't do that. You know, we'll see. Why don't we take our second break of the day? We'll come back and hear from Nico. Hey, Ryan. How you doing? Good. This is Nico. What's up? Tuesday morning after watching that, uh, I think there was supposed to be a game last night. Um, uh, I got to say, I don't know if to the... Do the Bears have a, any play on their in their playbook where they don't throw a wide wide receiver screen or something like on the like right on the line of scrimmage? They look horrible. They might have one or two. And uh, the Vikings, what can you say? I mean, how many interceptions can you get interceptions can you throw in a game? But man, I mean, I want to focus more on the fact that the Bears look like absolute dumpster fire out there. They had one good run. Well, they had one good, one good pass. Oh, okay, that was the last one. But like, they sort of had a half a good, you know, their first possession. They kind of moved the ball, then they stopped. I thought, oh, Fields is looking good. Uh, nope. Right. But man, they just want about the Vikings. They got a, they got a, you know, a, a two-week-old quarterback. So it is what it is. But man, the Bears just look. You know, it's. If, if love never gets better than he is now, right? Yeah. He will still be worlds better than Justin Fields. Right. And he seemed like he didn't want to run. Those times he had like plenty of space in front of him. It's like third and seven. He could have just walked to the you know, to the first unlocker. He sat there and like maybe you told they don't run because you're gonna get hurt, which is kinda true, but hey, sometimes you have to run, you know? Uh, but man, if if love gets Well, you know, I've always said that Mobile quarterbacks have it like the absolute hardest. Like being a pocket quarterback has got to be the hardest position in football to play. There's so much that your brain has to process. 
to be able to segment your brain in half, to be able to dedicate, you know, X amount of your brain to being a quarterback, but then also having a portion of your brain that is like scanning the field ready to take off. Who has the brain power for that? And so I think Fields is really struggling with that because, you know, you're being told, no, don't run. You need to stay and throw. So then he's staying and throwing sometimes when it's like, dude, you should just run. You know, it's just there's, there's not enough processing power for Justin Fields to be able to do both. It's just it's it's too difficult, you know, to to always know the right time to do it as opposed to stay in the pocket and like keep your eyes on the receivers, but also scan the field and know when a good time to run is like it's just it's a difficult thing to do. And he can't do it. I don't think he can do it. I mean, it's, it's like at first he was running too much. Then they told him stop running. And then he sucked, and that's when he went to the, the media. He's like, I'm just going to do whatever I want to do. I don't care anymore. I'm not listening to my coaches anymore. Screw them. He apologized, but that's exactly what he said and what he meant, minus the screw them part. But he, he basically meant that. And, um, yeah, I mean, he, he seemed to be doing a little bit better for a little while there, throwing and running and whatnot. But it, it, you can tell it's still a, a problem for him. Like, you know, running when he shouldn't, but also not running when he should. It's just he, he, can't, he can't do it. Um, you know, there was a... I got to go back and listen to it. I'll let you finish. I got I to gotta kind of process this myself. No better than he is right now. Uh, I tell you what, Fields is absolute trash. Like the kid, you know, I don't feel sorry for him. He's an NFL quarterback. They love more money than I did playing football. He may not be playing much after this year, but uh, he'll probably be a backup for the next 10 years. Still, you know, financially have a great life. But, uh, man, I tell you, just... No awareness, no nothing. Man, just, uh, but hey, their loss is our game. I just hope whatever quarterback they draft next year or after this year, they manage to ruin him as well. So, but yes, the Bears suck and the Vikings are just horrible. Oh, uh, way to lose at home, Minnesota last night. Don't get, don't trust me. I want to, I want to point out to you too. Uh, love the bike I'm sorry, the Vikings, they're great. Uh, love how they're they're just gonna lose probably a lot from now on. So, hey, let's uh let's let's go for the Lions. Okay, forget this uh, wild card junk. Let's go for a divisional title. Go back up. You know, I'm I'm borderline excited for the Bears to pick a quarterback because I I um as much as I shouldn't be, and it's probably the case that um you know the I mean there's a good chance they get a really good quarterback, and that should scare me. But as I look at the two quarterbacks, it's like, on one hand, they take Drake May. They probably get the number one pick. They take Drake May. Drake May is a North Carolina quarterback. That's what Trubisky was. They took Trubisky and passed on a on Pat Mahomes. And Caleb Williams is sort of like a Pat Mahomes. Are they going to make that same mistake again? Are they going to get a Trubisky and pass on a Pat Mahomes? And, and a much more obvious Pat Mahomes, by the way. Pat Mahomes wasn't obvious. He, was, he had some issues and stuff. Caleb Williams is like a number one overall pick guy. On the other hand, there's a very good chance they take Caleb Williams. And here's the thing. Caleb Williams is unbelievably talented, the stuff that he can do, which so is Justin Fields, by the way. Um, but he also has shown times where he just doesn't handle, like, again, the processing thing. Like, he just doesn't handle a lot of pressure and all that stuff. He can make, he's susceptible to making lots of mistakes if things fall apart. And the Bears are a team where things fall apart all the time. Like a lot. So I could see Caleb Williams being ruined in Chicago as one of the guys that like, you know, doesn't that maybe needs sort of a a slightly better situation or at least can't handle a terrible situation as is the Chicago Bears situation. So, I mean, it it could be terrible. They could end up with a great quarterback and all that. But I I just see two scenarios of disaster. You know, if, if again, Drake May, can you imagine if like they pick Drake May and the freaking... Like the Patriots get Caleb Williams, and I mean, it would, I would hate for the Patriots to get another great quarterback, but just for example, and then Caleb starts tearing it up. You know, they got a better offensive line, obviously a better coach, and and a locker room, and all that kind of stuff. And they just start doing all this stuff, and you're you got another freaking North Carolina quarterback that's just milk toast. <laughs> like he's good, but not great. He'll be a backup in five years, just like Trubisky. Dude, they're gonna lose their free. I mean, either way, they're this. This is the other thing. It doesn't matter because the offseason is going to be horrible for Bears fans. Maybe if they get Caleb Williams, like they'll be a little bit happy. But they love Justin Fields right now. They, they saw that last game as proof that he's really, really good, which is crazy to me. But I love it. 
I freaking love it because at the end of the day, they're going to be hyping up Justin Fields and then they're going to lose Justin Fields. And then I'm going to be the biggest Justin Fields fan in the world. Like I want Justin Fields to be the most elite AFC quarterback of all time because Bears fans will just, just lose it. And then go get a Mitch Trubisky 2.0 and Drake May. Oh, my life would just be... Um, and then Jordan Love is the best quarterback in the NFC North. Like, I don't care about the comparisons to Rodgers or or Favre or whatever he is, but he's a really good quarterback, best in the NFC North, and the Packers go right back up to the top as the Bears struggle. Oh, geez, I just... Oh, I want it so bad. Or just keep Fields, which I know you won't, but, I mean, it's an option. It is an option. <laughs> Oh, it's going to be absolute pandemonium. What's going on? It is Carson Caldwell from Cleveland, Ohio. Up, and I haven't called in in quite actually a long time, but um, I've been pretty busy. But since I haven't called in in a while, I'm just going to give you my complete rundown about uh, how I felt throughout the season and how I feel right now. Yeah. And so going into the, the Broncos game, um, I still thought we could make the playoffs. I had seen different flashes and thought, you know, if we could just do this consistently, um, then we can get into the playoffs because right now, like, we're not in a huge hole. And if we can just put some games together and win a few, then I think we can get into the playoffs. Um, and during the Viking, I mean, the Broncos game, I was pretty upset that we had lost. But again, like, I'd seen small flashes that are like, man, if we could just put this together, then we will be a, a good team. And so I never really lost hope that we could make the playoffs. Um, but I was kind of falling into the category of like, man, do I really want us to lose because I want to get this good draft pick? Or is there still a chance where we could make the playoffs? Because it was different from last year where we had Aaron Rodgers and all these guys that we had been in the playoffs with before. And it was like, man, what's going on? We just need to turn this thing around because this year it's new. Like we have tons of new guys. And so um, it was kind of uncertain whether or not they could turn it around. But I still um, had hope. But I was falling into that maybe we should lose. But at the same time, I was like, I can't root for the Packers to lose. That's just not in me. I can't watch a game and think, just lose this one. So I kept rooting for us. I kept having hope. And um, here we are. Um, obviously, we're not in the playoffs yet, but we're, we're right there. We're knocking on the door. And with the Bears beating the Vikings, I think our chances get even better. Um, as far as like the coaching goes, uh, I've always been a Matt LaFleur fan. I like him. Um, maybe not as like a, a motivator or like a, I don't know how to explain it, but I think he's a great coach, great play caller. Um, I've always been a Brian Gutekinds fan. I understand when people are mad that we trade Devontae or trade Aaron Rodgers or trade Rasul, but overall when Brian Gutekinds has been here, he's done a great job. I love Goody. Um, Joe Barry, I hope he gets fired. Um, I'm not like extreme, like burn his house down and tweet at his family to like kill him or something. Um, but I do hope he gets fired. So yeah. Um, and then Jordan Love, um, I've been Jordan Love believer since day one. Uh, midway through the season, I was like, man, maybe he kind of sucks, but hey, I'm a believer. He's, he's back, it seems. So hopefully he can keep this up and, uh, yeah, go pack, go. Hopefully we beat the Chiefs and that's all I got for you. So see you later. Yeah, and I, I get what you're saying as far as um, having belief early on. And, and one of the things that Packer fans, and myself included, refuse to ever learn is don't ever root against the Packers until at least until they're eliminated from the playoffs. I mean, you would think run the table would have taught us something. And I, I said after run the table, like, I will never do that again. I'm never going to, you know, um, bet. I'm, I'm never going to count them out again. And I've done it numerous times, uh, including last year where I was like, all right, we're done. It's over. You know, maybe we should put in love, like whatever. And then we go on a playoff run. It's like, well, I'm an idiot and I should have learned my lesson. And then we do it again this year. It's like, all right, you know what? It, it's not the year. I, I'm not saying I ever got to the point where I was hundred percent rooting against, but it was kind of like, you know, maybe it'd be better. I, I you know, whatever. Um, and here we go, beating the you know, going on a little bit of a win streak. We beat one of the top teams in the NFC, including the Lions, in a very tough environment in Detroit. Um, and now it's you know we're back at it. So um, again, the lesson Packer fans need to learn is to stop rooting against the Packers at least until they're eliminated from the playoffs. And I know a lar- large portion, you know, Carson included, will never root against the Packers no matter what, and I respect that. Um, but for the rest of us. 
just wait until they're eliminated from the playoffs. And I understand it's like, well, at that point, we're not even going to get the number one pick or whatever, but now look where we're sitting. And look, if we lose this and then lose another game, we might be looking at, all right, maybe we're not going to get them. Whatever. But uh, I know what you mean in terms of the, you know, seeing something early on. And, And it does make sense because we weren't seeing just like a consistently bad team. We were seeing a team that was bad and then all of a sudden got really good. So there were flashes of really good. Which I guess is is probably better than the alternative, better than just four quarters of being like mediocre, because then you look at it and be like, maybe this is what we are. But when you see the flashes of, you know, you see the second half stuff and you realize that it's probably unlikely that they're just never going to be able to play in the first half. Um, you know, it, it kind of goes along with the, I'd rather have the foot on the gas and just see if they can rise to the occasion. I'd rather them be intermittently elite. Because at least then, although you never know, maybe they'll never get the consistency down, at least then you can see what their upside is and hope that they can be more consistent. And we're starting to see more consistency. Hey, Ryan, down from California. Yeah, I said a couple, uh, maybe last week, I said the Lions' defense wasn't as good as everybody thought it was. I know DVOA, I think, has them at 10, but I don't know. Do they think giving up too many high scores? For example, the uh, Chargers couldn't put up anything against the Ravens, and the uh, Chargers were able to throw all over the Lions. So I know DVOA it values all the opponents and all. You know, it's it's a product of what happened throughout the season, averaging it all out, and it takes everybody's ranks into account. I don't know. I think I don't think they're a top ten defense. I think uh, maybe they're like fifteen but they got work to do. Uh, on the DVOA list, the Chiefs are number eight, just you know, two spots ahead. So we'll see. I think the Chiefs have a legitimate defense. They can, you know, they can rush the passer, you know, interior rush, cover all of it. So let's see what they got. They got, you know, Spagnuolo's been around the block. He's, you know, very good defensive coordinator. So I don't know. I think this is a test to see uh, – what Jordan Love has, and I'm pretty excited. But Lions suck. Go Pecco. Yeah, and if you look at it, you know, there's been a lot of concern about the Lions defense, especially from Lions fans, as we heard from some of the clips that I played. But if you look at the DVOA week to week, I mean, it was, um, as far as good and bad for their defense, it was good, bad, good, 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 good bad, good. So in the stretch prior to their bye week, they only had two games that were considered not great. They had one, two, three, four, five, six that were good. Since their bye week, the last three weeks, they've all been bad. Less than optimal, 8.9%, 4.9%, and 24.5%. Um, this game against the Packers was graded via DVOA as the second worst defensive performance they had. The only other one was week seven. So yeah, prior to their bye, they were good almost every single week. Especially, you know, they had a stretch week three, negative 47, then negative 47.2, then negative 5.5, then negative 23.5. And again, negative being positive when you're talking defense, we're talking, you know, 50% better than your average defense in some of these cases. But they haven't had a good game since week eight. So we'll see. I mean, I'm 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 really liking all sides of this. I mean, the Vikings have bottomed out. The Bears seem to be just the same old Bears. And by same old Bears, I don't even mean like, you know, historically over the last however many, you know, 25, 30 years. I mean, what they've been for the last like five years, something like that. I mean, it, it has been such an abysmally bad football. It's not even respectable. I respect the living crap out of a ton of Chicago Bears coaches and players. They've had some great, great football players. There is not a single person in that organization right now that I look at and go, that guy, when he retires, a Chicago Bear is going to have my respect. There's not one. There's not a Peanut Tillman. There's not a Brian Urlacher. There isn't a Lance Briggs. There's no Matt Forte. There's nothing. There's nothing. It's a horrifically terrible organization. The only guys that seem to come in and have that are any good are guys that come in for a short time through free agency. Guys like DJ Moore or or in some kind of a trade or whatever. But it's just these are all you know who who would they have before? It was uh 
I don't know who cares. It does, I mean, even even like Khalil Mack. Like I, I'm sorry, I'm not giving you credit for Khalil Mack. You didn't draft Khalil Mack. You you paid out the rear for him. You had him for a small period of time, and then he went on to have his career somewhere else. No, I'm talking about Chicago Bears, not Panthers that went out and did something good that you can't do because you suck. And so you needed a first overall pick in order to acquire the guy, and then you waste his career in Chicago because you can't put a single solitary other good player on that freaking team. You suck. <sighs> Sorry. Feels like a good spot to uh, to stop the show, though. So you guys have a good rest of your night. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.